with all that's happening in the world, we are wishing you all the best in health, happiness, and love. Be safe. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lunita. I'm Justin. And I'm Nina. And we're just two parents coming at you from our tiny-ass apartment in Brooklyn. First, we just want to give a big thank you to our listeners. We appreciate the kind words from last episode. Thanks for picking up some Lunita gear as well. We know you're going to love it. So appreciate you on that. And appreciate you sending over the encouraging words. Yeah, it means so much to us, and we truly do read and respond to as many as we can. If we didn't get back to you yet, it's just because Coyote says we can't. He's our new boss, and we kind of got to do what he says. Or else things are going to get real ugly. Yeah. We do want to ask you guys a favor. If you haven't already, go give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. It means the world to us, and it helps a lot more than you think in reaching a larger audience. Yeah. Appreciate you guys again. So with that said, let's jump into it. On this week's episode, we're going to be sharing the birth story of our first child, Luna. So the idea behind sharing these stories is to obviously bring you more content, but also to help other soon-to-be parents understand the experience to come. We personally were not as prepared as we should have been for our first child, as I'm pretty sure most new parents will find out very quickly how unprepared they actually are. Mm -hmm. But I just feel that by sharing our stories, we can better prepare people for what is about to upend their life, if you will. Mm -hmm. We also want to share these birth stories to help normalize alternative birthing options. Ultimately, the type of birth you choose to have is up to you. And there's no wrong way to have a baby. But it's important to us that you're informed about all your options so you can make the best decisions for yourself and your family. Mm, Yes. We also want to share with our dedicated fans and listeners a more intimate glimpse into the lives of the Lunita family. We just appreciate you so much. We love making this content. And to build a community, I feel like we should get to know one another a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm, For sure. And we also want to document these stories for our awesome and beautiful children. We love you both, and we're so proud of you. Yeah, might as well get it in while it's fresh, right? Totally. So let's start with our experience during the pregnancy, right? What was going on in our personal lives and our professional lives? So by the time we got pregnant with Luna, I was absolutely thrilled and so excited. About a year before, maybe a little less than a year, we had gone through a pretty 
hellish miscarriage and eptopic pregnancy. It ended up to be like a two for one. That was cool. So I remember feeling after that experience with the miscarriage, like, please, universe, let me get another chance. I really want to be able to have a baby. I didn't even know how much I wanted to be a mom until the miscarriage happened because it totally smacked me in the face, came out of the blue. And I just remember thinking, please let me get the chance again. So when I finally found out we were pregnant with Luna, I was just beyond excited and really relieved and grateful. Yeah, that miscarriage was pretty painful, as I'm sure it is for most people. We just want to throw a shout out to everybody out there who's experienced that. We were lucky enough, though, that a lot of people came out of the woodwork and and shared their stories. And we realized that it is not as uncommon as you might think. It's actually extremely common. And that kind of helped ease the blow. So thank you, everybody, for sharing your stories. And also, that's another reason why we feel that we should share ours as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Professionally, for me, I was working for an agency that was connected with child welfare. It was my first job in a supervising role. So I had an extreme amount of stress and responsibility on me. I was commuting really far. We live in Brooklyn and I was commuting all the way to Long Island City. So it was like an hour and a half, sometimes two hours each way on the subway. It was really exhausting. And looking back, I was totally overworked. Yeah. And you literally worked up until the day before you were preparing to give birth, right? Yeah. Yeah. She came early. So I... That's capitalism for you, right? Yeah. That's being in your late 20s in New York City trying to get ahead in your career. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually my boss who sent me home early and was like, I don't know when you think this baby's coming, but you look like you're about to give birth. So I need you to go home. Yeah. Take your maternity leave now. And I was like, are you sure I'm not due for two more weeks? And she told me, I don't want to be responsible for you going into labor on the damn subway. And God bless your soul. Yeah, if you're listening, Nafisa, thank you so much. You were right. I literally gave birth the next day. Yeah. Or at least went into labor. Went into labor the next day. For me, I was in a pretty solid spot professionally that kind of bled into me prepping for parenthood. I was teaching young adults at the Brooklyn Public Library. Shout out to the Yelp crew. And... There was a lot of skills that I was learning that I knew that I would be using in parenthood. A lot of patience, a lot of taking a step back and breathing and relaxing and trying to diffuse situations that otherwise may have gotten a real big reaction out of me. And in some ways, I felt very fatherly, but also big brotherly in that role. And I attribute a lot of growth to that experience. And it's helped me tremendously in parenthood. I was actually very, or at least I felt very prepared going into this uh, because of my professional experience. 
Yeah, but you were working two jobs. We were both working like dogs. Working like dogs. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah working two jobs up until the end of December and Luna was born January 7th. Yeah, we were really overworked. Well, we were trying to get it out of the way, I guess, so that we could take the time off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I do remember trying to get my paternity leave, the FMLA, was a fight from hell. I was okay. fighting against my own union. I was fighting against the institution of the Brooklyn Public Library, which if anybody from the Brooklyn Public Library in HR department or at the head of that is listening, you need to do better. Period. You're an institution that is supposedly for the people. It was disturbing how hard you were fighting against giving your own employees paid family leave. Mm-hmm. So just want to throw that out there. Yeah, professionally, there was a lot going on. A lot. So how did we feel leading up to the birth? I guess emotionally and physically. Emotionally, I felt really good, really calm, really ready. I was curious about labor was going to feel like, but since I had nothing to compare it to, I was really optimistic and low-key kind of naive. Physically, I was in phenomenal shape. Justin and I were kickboxing three times a week up until I was seven and a half months pregnant. So I was in some of the best shape of my life, which I was aware because of the type of birth I wanted would work as an advantage. Shout out to Paul. Oh, yeah. Paul was our kickboxing trainer and he was working us out yeah showing us no mercy in all the best ways yeah it was actually incredible Mm -hmm. and it really did help i think during the birth because it turned into a 26 hour labor yeah it was long yeah and i guess how did we prepare you know like like we were just talking about working out that was one way of preparing how else did we prepare for the coming of our child I watched and listened to a lot of different birth stories. I knew I wanted a unmedicated birth, but I also knew that there's only so much you can do and birth is going to go however it's going to go. So I wanted to be prepared for whatever birth I ended up having. And I found that to be really helpful listening to other mom's stories and really healing watching other People give birth. Yeah, we also knew that we wanted a doula, which at the time, I actually had no idea what a doula was. And I don't think that I knew anybody that really did. Yeah, I knew that I was interested in a doula because prior to getting pregnant, I was thinking about becoming one myself and started educating myself on birth work. And if you want to educate yourself on doulas, we actually did an episode. I believe it's season one, episode four. Yeah, season one, episode four, is a doula right for you? Check it out if you're considering hiring a doula for your birth. Yeah, and the reason why we decided to go with a doula, specifically a birthing doula, Mm -hmm. right, was because we had no idea what was coming. No. And we really just needed all the help we could get to kind of understand where we were heading here because there was a lot of naive... Naivety. There was a lot of naivety. Naivety. We were naive. We also knew that we wanted to go unmedicated. Mm-hmm. 
We also knew that we wanted to do it at a birthing center yeah, instead of a hospital. Yeah, particularly a freestanding birthing center, which means it's not connected or affiliated with any hospital. There's a lot of hospitals that have birthing centers in them, but it's still a hospital setting. Yeah, it just felt like there was a lot more freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, you could move around on your own. They had the tub in the room. You could eat, you could drink fluids. Um, a lot more freedom at a birthing center. And for me, as a woman of color, I did not want to give birth in an institution like a hospital, which has historically been... Which historically has discriminated against black moms and babies. Yeah. And the whole hospital setting just seems a little bit too sterile for me. It didn't feel homey. I always think of death whenever I think of hospitals. Yeah. And that's not to say that doctors and medical professionals aren't doing fantastic work in hospitals. Thank you so much for everything you do. But it just wasn't for us. And that's not to say that it's not for other people. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Hospitals are wonderful places. If you have a high-risk pregnancy or you have a lot of complications, thank God we have them. And there's millions of wonderful OBGYNs and nurses and midwives that work in hospitals. But for a low-risk pregnancy, it wasn't what I was interested in. And I was grateful I had a low-risk pregnancy. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, universe. We also knew that we wanted to breastfeed. We wanted a water birth. We mm-hmm. watched a lot of water birth videos. It seemed so peaceful, relaxing. We wanted mm-hmm. it that way. And we knew that we wanted delayed cord clamping for the baby. Mm-hmm. We also prepared by setting up our space, our home. Yeah, baby-proofing the shit out of the home. I think much earlier the first time around. Absolutely. And... We also got into nesting mode, I feel like, a lot earlier. Uh-huh. The room was fully set up and ready to go like a month before we went into labor. Um, we did two separate baby showers, one in Brooklyn, one in Justin's hometown. We over-registered. I over-registered as hell for Luna on the baby registry. I had no idea what I needed. And like I've said before, the baby industry is just flooded with convincing parents that they need all this shit that they don't actually need. And so I kind of bought into it and was like, well, I need everything. Not knowing when you have a baby, you're going to get so much stuff from other people. Yeah, it was an intense amount of things. Yeah, it was a lot of stuff. And we actually just did an episode for season three. So your friends had a baby that kind of goes a little bit deeper into what to get a friend who just had a baby or what to get yourself, I guess. So check that out as well. We also took a lot of classes. Justin and I took a birthing class. We took a breastfeeding class. We watched a lot of videos and documentaries about birth. I read a bunch of books, got some apps on my phone. Like I went really hard because I didn't know any other moms either. I was the first person in my friend group to have a baby yeah um i had one other friend but he wasn't living in the area here and i really do actually wish that there was a class that we did take on parenting you know we took the birthing 
class. We took the breastfeeding class, but there really was no class that was even offered for what to do when the actual baby comes. So if you're listening and you got a baby on the way, I'd highly recommend that one. That yeah. Is- and just, I didn't know anything about postpartum healing. I know anything about how to take care of my postpartum body or my postpartum mind. Yeah, which came to bite us in the ass a little bit later. Yeah. And you can hear all about that in season two, episode one, postpartum depression. Uh, Just a trigger warning. It does get pretty serious and pretty intense. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I felt like we thought we were prepared. Oh, I thought I was ready as shit. But, you know, little did we know that we were nowhere near prepared. But we'll get into that. So let's talk about the days leading up to the birth. So I went into labor two weeks early, which is unusual for a first-time expecting parent, but it does happen. Uh, I was so uncomfortable. Physically, the last couple of weeks of pregnancy are the hardest on your body. I was peeing all the freaking time. I had sciatica. I was humongous and ready for the baby to come out. I was like, I cannot be pregnant for one more hour. I'm in so much discomfort. Yeah, you were barely sleeping up all hours of the night. And maybe that was like prepping you for labor or something. I I don't know. going to pee within an eight-hour sleeping period like 15 times, 20 times. It was insane. Yeah, I guess I was just kind of sitting around waiting for it to happen. I wasn't really, I guess, I, I, I can't really say that I remember the days leading up to the birth. It just seemed like I was working until the birth was happening. There were some signs, looking back on it, that I was actually much more prepared for labor than I thought I was and much more ready to give birth than I had realized. Some signs that showed up to me and that you might want to be aware of for your future experience, sorry, this gets graphic, includes a lot of fucking diarrhea (laughs) leading up to labor. I think I had diarrhea for like a week leading up to labor. And I was like, oh, did I eat something weird? Um, You poop a lot when you go into labor because it's your body's way of getting everything out. So be wary of that. Luna also dropped. Like, she went from being up quite high on my torso to looking like I was carrying her very low in a short amount of time. I stopped gaining weight, which meant that labor was coming. And... I like went into intense nesting mode where I didn't really want to leave the house. I wanted to clean all the time. I wanted to make sure everything was perfect. It was like, if you know me, I'm not huge on cleaning. It's not something I look forward to, but I would wake up every day and be like, what needs clean today? Everything has to be perfect. We have everything ready to go. Now, I was in that boat too. I didn't realize I was in it until definitely after the birth and after our postpartum period. But looking back on it, we were definitely cleaning and prepping the space every day. Yeah, it was a lot. We also were prepping for the actual birth at the birthing center by making a ridiculous amount of food. They told us to be prepared to eat, be prepared for a long labor. We made like eight meals worth of chicken noodle soup or something oh my god we made so much freaking soup we brought like 
a ton of groceries and snacks to the birth because we had no idea how long we were going to be there. Yeah, it was absurd. I'm sure we have a picture of it somewhere that's hilarious. It was hilarious. like the catering company showed up. It was insane. Yeah. Just brought way too much food. And then, of course, you know, the baby bags. So I guess let's finally here get into the meat of this. I didn't realize we'd be telling you all about our prep story for so long. Jeez. So let's get to the birth, right? It was a Saturday morning, cold as shit outside, early January. New York City, winds kicking. Ugh, just brick outside. I go to the bathroom around nine in the morning and I see that my mucus plug has come out. For those of you who don't know what that is, it is what keeps your cervix closed for the majority of the pregnancy and prevents any infection or bacteria from getting into your cervix. When it comes out, it looks like a giant booger, basically. Yeah. Once I mean, it really is hard to miss. Yeah. Once it comes out, that's a sign that labor is very close. So I took a picture of it, sent it to my doula, and she was like, yep, that's your mucus plug. Doesn't mean labor is going to start immediately, but it's a sign labor is close. Anywhere from a couple hours to a couple days or weeks. So as soon as that happened, I decided we got to get groceries. Yeah, which was wild. Yeah. So around like 10 in the morning, we walked our asses to the grocery store and just went nuts and got so much stuff. So much stuff, which was a good thing at the end of the day. You know, stock the house. Mm-hmm. And it got you out and walking and thinking in a different mindset, I think, mm-hmm. instead of the anxiety coming on. Yeah. I mean, it was still coming on, but it was nice to take a walk and just clear my head for a few minutes. And it was two weeks early. So, like, we had not been prepared for this situation. No, not at all. In retrospect, I probably shouldn't have gone so hard that day. I should have rested, taken it a little bit easier, because you want to conserve your energy for labor. It's exhausting. So we just kind of hung out after that. I think we paid rent. Yeah, I mean, it was just going around the neighborhood doing regular things. Errands. But then whenever we got back to the house, it was a time for relaxation. And then the labor began. Yeah, I want to say that I started experiencing contractions around dinner time that night. I remember we had ordered Thai food and I was like so excited to eat it. And by the time it came, I was like, I absolutely can't look at this. I was starting to feel pretty nauseous. And in the beginning, the contractions felt like really strong menstrual cramps. So I'm thinking, okay, I've had periods worse than this. I think my dumbass said to myself, how much worse can it get? Which is truly the worst thing to say to yourself in any scenario. It got worse. It got worse. The universe was like, let me tell you. So by that evening, labor had really ramped up. Yeah, it was a lot of massaging, a lot of bouncing on the ball, a lot of pacing back and forth, a lot of breathing exercises. You took a bath. I remember that. Yeah, the pain started to intensify by midnight, 1 a.m. So I got in the tub, took a really long bath and then a warm shower. And I was 
like really struggling. I remember being in the bathtub for like three hours and praying, oh my God, please, this is such a New York City thing. Please don't let this hot water go out because we live in a building where we share yeah. a boiler with a bunch of other families. And I was like, if this hot water goes out, I'm fucked because it was the only thing giving me relief from the contractions. And at that point, I think they were coming like less than 10 minutes apart. Yeah, and this whole time we were trying to communicate with our doula and the birthing center. And I think that there was just a mix-up between communication. And I had no idea. I should have probably done a lot more research and maybe read a book myself. But, you know, you live and you learn, right? So by the time she was hopping in the tub, I needed to rest. Mm Mm-hmm. So I lay down in bed. I I think I got like two hours of sleep. Yeah, I remember telling you, go lay down because it's going to be a long night. So he laid down. I was in the tub till like three in the morning, came back to the bed, and the contractions were out of control. I mean, it was so fucking painful. I could barely catch my breath. And I just remember thinking, let me ride these like waves because they last for like 30 seconds to a minute. And in retrospect, that was also a sign that labor was becoming really active. Labor goes in two stages. The first stage is like, you're dilated, your mucus plug comes, you know, contractions are, they're uncomfortable, but you can handle them. And then once you get into what's called active labor or the second stage, you can't really talk, you can't really express what you're feeling. You're just really trying to keep your shit together while the contractions come. So that's where I was. And I tried to get some sleep. And I think the contractions were like seven or eight minutes apart. So I couldn't really get any rest. But I laid in bed till the morning, till the sun came up. Yeah. And then at that point, I remember at around 3 a.m. calling our doula and saying, hey, you know, these contractions are about five minutes apart do we go to the birthing center yet? She told us no. L-O-L. And we listened to the advice. Which was the wrong advice. Which was the wrong advice. Yeah. So we wrote it out till the morning. Contractions are getting to the point where they're about two minutes apart. Mm -hmm. I call her again and I say, hey, you know, these are about two minutes apart. Should we be going to the birthing center now? She sounded out of it, maybe had a night out or something, Uh tells me, no, wait until they're five minutes apart. I try to explain to her that they were just five minutes apart and asked her if they get farther apart or if they get closer together. She tells me they get farther apart. That's a lie. Which was the wrong information again. We end up calling calling the the birthing center after Nina yelled at me and told me not to listen to her and to call the birthing center. Nina manages to get on the phone. They tell her to hurry up and get there. She goes running into the bathroom. I'm getting ready. I had an appointment for a flu shot that day. I'm rolling my eyes. So I sat there and, of course, said, well, I got to go get my flu shot. So let me run and do that on my way to the zip car. To be fair, it was a couple blocks away. Yeah. She, like, vomits and pees at the same time. I'm sitting there like... Get it together, Nina. 
I'm throwing up and I'm like, I'm peeing myself too. I'm peeing myself too. I've never thrown up this hard. I didn't know it at the time, but it's my water breaking. And I'm just like a mess. Yeah. So I run down the street, get my flu shot. The doctor's like, get the hell out of here, man. You got a baby to birth. Yeah. And I grab up the zip car. I bring it around. We're loading up the car. I get Nina in first. And again, this is January. So the heat's blasting. I end up loading the car up. I come down our, you know, three flights of stairs. And I go to get in the car. And it is unbearably hot. The heat was blasting. The heat was like blasting. <laughs> Nina's just sitting in the car going, oh, oh, you know, doing the breathing exercises. And I look at her and I'm like, really? You couldn't turn the heat off? And I'm like, I literally can't reach. Like, I can't fucking move. <laughs> so we drive to the birthing center. And the whole time I'm saying, oh, we're probably going to get there. You're not even that dilated. I'm sure they might even send us back. Just be prepared for them to send us home. Yeah, that's very normal. If you're not a certain amount dilated, you'll be sent home to labor more at the house in a more comfortable space and come back when labor is more active. Yeah, I'm assuming it's because they only have the two rooms there and... You know, if there are three people ready to give birth and one of them's not as dilated, of course, that one they want to he- to send home, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. But we end up getting there. I pull in front, drop Nina off because I got to park the car because good old New York City will tow your ass and that's the last thing we needed. So I literally am like struggling to walk up the stairs to the birthing center. I'm... In hell, I ring the doorbell and this sweet angel comes to the door and she's like, hi, you must be in labor. And I'm like, please help me, please help me. The contractions were coming like every two minutes, Mm -hmm. every minute and a half. And they were lasting like a minute. So you really have no time to catch your breath. I mean, I don't even know how the fuck I walked up the stairs. I almost crawled. Incredible. I think I maybe crawled a little at the end, up those final couple stairs. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, there was like snow outside. Yeah, it was and you icy. crawled up the snowy stairs. It was a mess. I must have looked wild. So we get into the birthing center and they take us into triage. They want to just check, see how dilated I am, listen to the baby's heart rate, all of that. And they check me and they're like, yo, you're nine centimeters dilated. Like you're ready to rock. I look at Justin like, I fucking told your ass. My jaw drops, of course. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I did not expect that. I knew it was coming. So we sit in triage for a little while. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, I can't catch my breath from these fucking contractions. They are so painful. I've never experienced anything like this. I think I'm going to give birth in triage. I don't even think I'm going to make it. Yeah, and the midwife's telling me that we have to get her up and into the room because this could be happening at any moment here. So I'm trying to argue with Nina that she's got to get up off the triage table while she's sitting there saying that she can't move, she can't move, and this is where it's happening. We eventually end up getting her, me and the midwife, we end up pulling her up and walking her to the room and getting her in a little bit more comfortable position. And I finally get into the room. Well, I mean, also during triage, I do want to just add that there was another lady giving birth while we were there and you could hear her screaming down the hall. So like, this is all definitely jarring to me. I was not expecting 
the screams of agony to be echoing through the halls while Mm -hmm. my wife is refusing to make it to the room to give birth to our child. And and at this point, I had no idea what to expect. I'm so thankful that the midwives there were just incredibly, incredibly supportive. Our midwives were amazing. I'm just going to shout them out. Summer and Angie, you guys freaking killed it. And also there was an intern there. That intern was badass. The intern was awesome as hell. She was like a fly on the wall. She did not even make her... She didn't make a peep. She just wrote down notes and like... And killed it. Went and got everything that Summer and Angie needed and just helped out all around. And you got to remember that Summer and Angie weren't just helping Nina... They were also helping this other woman in the other room give birth. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one moment when I was in triage, the other woman stopped screaming. And I said, she just had her baby. Yep. And the midwives came back in and they said, how you doing? The other one just had her baby. I said, I knew it. Yep. So it got quiet again. We go into the birthing room. There's a big bed there, like a queen-size bed and a tub and a toilet and a bunch of stuff. Yeah, we unload our big bags of food all over the place and look, I get on the look bed. probably like idiots yeah. with, with fucking dinner for eight people for the next week. <laughs> it was insane, like a crock pot. And um, I lay on the bed and I'm on my back and the contractions are coming and I'm just trying to breathe through them because I'm like, oh my God. As soon as I got on my back, I was like... This is not possible. This well, she was also immobile. And they yeah. kept telling me that I had to be the one to move her because she wasn't listening to them. I couldn't move. The pain was so intense. I could not move. I could barely breathe. So we had to get her into a different position. And we eventually ended up convincing her to move from her back to, I believe, the squatting position. Yeah, I ended up squatting. I just remember thinking... And I think the midwife told Justin, if she stays on her back, her labor won't progress. Yeah. It had totally stopped. The contractions were still coming, but I stopped dilating. My cervix stopped opening when I was on my back. It just was the most uncomfortable position. And I remember thinking, how the hell and why the hell do they force people to give birth on their back? This makes no sense. No sense. None. That's not even the way gravity works. That's ridiculous. And I also just want to set the tone that Remember how we were talking about our birth plan? Water birth was out the window. It was too late for that. There's not enough time to fill up a tub. Yeah. We wanted music playing in the background. We wanted a nice, peaceful, serene setting. It was the exact opposite of this. It was just total fucking chaos and mayhem. I was like beyond exhausted by that point, too. I mean, remember, I had been laboring by that point for 24 hours. Yeah. And I was just spent. I had... No energy left. I was so tired and just like, when is this going to be over? I can't do this anymore. Well, the the push was coming, right? And the sack wasn't fully broken that Luna was in. The amniotic sack, correct. My water had only half broken when I was vomiting all over the place at the apartment. Yeah, so of course, then that made the pressure so much worse. Mm -hmm. So then... Our lovely midwives, who are so freaking awesome. They gave me a choice. They said, we can either break the bag and break the rest of your water, or you can wait for it to happen naturally. I said, what's the difference? They said, if we break the bag, you'll probably give birth in the next like 
hour. If you don't want us to break the bag, it could be a lot longer. I said, fuck that. Please break the bag. So they got this like long plastic. It looks like something used for knitting. And they basically stuck it inside of me and whoosh, all this water came out. Yeah. It was astounding how much water you actually carry in your body when you're pregnant. It's like a gallon. Yeah. So. I also want to add, no shade. Ardola wasn't here by that time. Girl. So we're doing all of this on our own with the help of these wonderful midwives. Thinking, where the hell is the doula? Have you called her, Justin? She said she was on her way. She ends up showing up about 40 minutes left. Into the labor. Yeah. Yeah. And she did help. She put on some music, threw some I don't know, essential, essential oils oil on my face. onto a rag and <laughs> made you whiff that. Whatever. By that point, I was so out of it. I didn't even recognize that it was fully her because I was in hell. Yeah, she did film it, which we loved. Uh, we still do have the videos of it, which is one of Luna's favorite videos. <laughs> but I do remember finally when I got into the squatting position and I'm standing, they're like, you're ready to push. So I start trying to push and I'm like, I don't know how to push. And they're like, do you feel like you have to poop? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, you know how to push. So I just started pushing and I think I pushed for like 45 minutes. It was hard. Work. It was a tough one. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I, just, I do want to give myself some props. I was very, very supportive in You were there. with me the whole time. It was a right very loving place. room, very loving vibe. I, I told the midwives I loved them. They told me that they loved me. It was very supportive and very connected and quite the experience. Absolutely incredible experience. And honestly... Everybody told me for how much pain I was in. I didn't present that way. Everybody told me I was like cracking jokes. Yeah, I don't you remember were very any funny. of this. Very funny. I was like beyond gone. I remember there was a point where I literally felt like my soul left my body and I hovered over my body watching me squat with all these people around me just being really calm, not in my face, just watching me and guiding me and I remember saying to myself, okay, people all over the world have given birth for forever, since the beginning of time. All those people are with you right now. They are all rooting for you, cheering for you, holding space for you. If they can all do this, so the fuck can you? And that's when my soul went back into my body and... I started, she started to feel to Luna's push, head come out. And I smelled something funky. She had pooped on my shoe. What's up? It's not real love until you poop on their shoe, y'all. Yeah. And they told me to get out of the way because the baby was coming and they needed to lay her back on the bed. And as soon as I stood up and moved, I'm watching her start to step back. And that's whenever I saw the head of Luna popping out. They lay her down. Luna comes out. And that was it. They tossed her into your arms. And. Man, I will never forget the sensation of Luna's head coming out as long as I live. It was the most bizarre feeling ever. I, I really don't know how to explain it. It's like I literally could feel her head coming out of my body. And the head was the worst part. And the shoulders were a little rough. And after that, I don't remember the rest of the 
pushes. She kind of slid out after yeah, that. Yeah, slid right out after that. And um, then they put her on my chest, and I did not know what to say. So yeah. I just started being really dramatic and being like, oh, my God, oh, my God, my baby, my baby, my baby, my baby, because that's what I had seen in all the birth videos. And I was so tired and so in shock and fully not present. Blood everywhere. And there's a camera on me. I felt like I had to put on a show. I was covered in piss and shit and barf and blood and amniotic sac fluid. Yeah. And I felt it was, disgusting. It was... It, the unfortunate part about the whole thing was that as soon as Luna came out, there was not that feeling of total connection mm-hmm. and love and... We didn't sit there and cry tears of joy to see the baby. We were crying tears of fucking relief. That it was over. And I kept saying, oh, my God, I did it. It was like as soon as Luna came out, the pain was done. Just boom, stopped. No more contractions. No more pain. And I just kind of was stunned. And it was bad. I mean, you were still, you were losing a lot of blood at the time. And they were sewing you up. The placenta ended up coming out. And your mom showed up by that time, or no, she showed up maybe 15 minutes after the birth. Mm -hmm. I had torn a little bit. I had to get some stitches. I was totally out of it. And they told me they had to give me a shot of Pitocin because I was losing a lot of blood. I don't really remember about a good hour after giving birth. I think I had lost more blood than I had realized. Yeah. And then, of course, we were trying to do the breastfeeding, and Luna wasn't latching, and... She's just screaming. Yeah. And and I'm covered in blood and shock and exhausted and just thinking, what the hell just happened? Everything kind of just, like, went from being super chaotic and loud and crazy to dead quiet. Yeah. With no warning. And then they were like, okay, you guys spend some time to bond with your baby. And we tried. And looking back on it, I'm sure we did. But we were in total shock from the whole situation. Mm-hmm. 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 And I remember towards the very end of that, and and I'm just going to jump straight to us leaving, basically. We stayed there for four hours. I don't really remember much of those four hours uh-uh. other than what do we do now? Yeah, I do remember one of the midwives letting me take a shower and going to pee, and it was excruciating pain. And she gave me a peri bottle and said, spray water on your urethra while you're peeing. It'll help make the pee less aesthetic, so it'll hurt less. And that was like, oh my gosh, such a relief. And I was like, can I keep this? And she was like, of course. It was like the best gift I'd ever been given. I remember they, you know, weighed Luna, checked her out did all the things that needed to be done. And they came back and told me she was nine pounds, two ounces. I said, what the fuck? No wonder. No wonder we went two weeks early. That baby was huge. No wonder I was in so much damn pain. Yeah. And I remember trying to put on her onesie and really just very gently. It didn't fit. But I also was afraid of breaking her. Yeah, she was really small. She didn't fit in, or she was really big, but really small. She didn't fit a newborn diaper. She didn't fit a newborn onesie. Well, I mean, I had never seen a newborn Me neither. before Not then. New. And, you know, TV and movies definitely don't do it justice. They can't actually put a newborn 
on set. No. So they're like six month olds mm-hmm. pretending to be Newborn. newborns, which by the way, shout out to all the six month olds out there getting their, getting their acting checks. careers going early. I mean, like what a way to, to start your working career. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Or not. <laughs> I'm only kidding, obviously. But <laughs> <laughs> So we chilled at the birthing center for four hours. They wanted me to eat something I could not eat. I did intend to eat my placenta, so I did consume a small amount of that. I was told it would help with postpartum depression. LOL. Go listen to season two, episode one. It did fucking not. And it was really gross. Yeah. And then we ended up getting home with Luna, and it was such a relief to be in our own space. In our own bed. It was so exhausting. We all laid down, me, Nina, and Luna, and we slept for a good probably 10 hours. We slept through the night. And Luna didn't wake up, I think, at all during that. Maybe one time for a feeding. Uh-huh. And I remember waking up the next day. Feeling great. And being like, ah, oh, I'm so rested. We did it. This is going to be easy. This is going to be so simple. Look at this baby barely crying. Didn't make a peep throughout the night. And little did we know that that was the beginning. That very same day, the day after the birth, was the very beginning of a horrendous postpartum period that oh yeah still to this day kind of haunts us poor luna you know looking back on it i was much more anxious than i acknowledged about my pregnancy i was totally overworked doing way too much the whole pregnancy she had consumed a lot of my anxiety because she was in utero feeling it with me i think that made a big effect on why she was such a colicky baby Yeah, who knows what it was. But I do just want to give a big shout out to Luna. She was such a trooper. and Yeah, it was hard for her too. It's important to remember that your baby is also in just as much of shock as you are. I mean, they've never seen daylight. They've never breathed on their own. They've never eaten on their own. Everything is new. So they're just as freaked out as you are. And it was a rough period, but... You know, she's four years old now, and she's doing absolutely incredible, and we're so proud of her. And Luna, again, we loved you from the very jump. Just because we didn't feel that initial connection does not mean that it wasn't there. It definitely doesn't mean that we loved you any less than any parent loves their child. Mm -hmm. We obsessed over you. We still obsess over you. You're just an incredible little angel and we're so happy that you came into our lives so grateful it was a really hard go in the beginning but we all made up for it yeah and i think that it taught us a lot so much and really helped us with our second birth which you can check out as well stay tuned so yeah that was our birth story with luna it was a rough go but still best thing i ever did with my life i wouldn't change a thing Wouldn't change a thing. Love you, Luna. Love you. And I guess that'll bring us to our wrap-up. In some ways, we were able to stick to our birth plan. In others, we weren't. Letting go of what you can't control is a crucial part to experiencing this new chapter of life called parenthood. When preparing to have your first child, or any child, there's only so much planning you can do. 
it's important to remember to be flexible, open, and that your baby has a plan of its own. As always, we want to give a big thank you for being a part of the Lunita community. We hope you enjoyed the story, and we are forever grateful for your support. Thank you so much. Be well. If you enjoy Lunita, please subscribe and leave a review, share with a friend, or share on your favorite social media platform. If you want to show even more support, consider joining our Patreon. For as little as $2 a month, you can help us continue to bring higher quality content to the world. Don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, at Lunita Podcast, and be sure to check out lunita.nyc for supplemental posts, additional material, and more. And if you haven't heard it yet today, you are loved, you are appreciated, and we will see you on the other side. Can you say thank you, everybody?